0: Greetings and welcome to the Antithesis of Superwoman. I'm your host, Recovering People Pleaser and Encouragement Coach Von Fuller, and I am so excited that you are back with me as we progress on this journey of living our best lives without the cape. The title of this episode is. I'm still working on that. But... <laughs> this week we're going to talk about Juneteenth and Father's Day. So. Yeah, that's pretty much, maybe that'll just be the title, Juneteenth and Father's Day. And I have a very special guest with me. Guest, say hi. I thought
1: you was going to introduce
0: me. Wow. Okay. I usually let people introduce themselves. (laughs) I wish y'all could see him in the face he's making right now. Anyway, let me introduce my wonderful husband of 11 amazing years. Mostly amazing. (laughs) I am bringing him here with me to talk about Juneteenth and to talk about Father's Day and the importance of it. So, welcome.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Really? I need some more. I need something else.
1: (laughs) Besides.
0: All right, let's get into it. Again, welcome. Before we dive into today's topic, as always, here are three important things I want to share with you. The first, I am not a licensed therapist. I am solely a person that wants you to live your best life. Two, I am a Christian, and while I will share my experiences that may involve my beliefs, I'm not going to force my beliefs on you in this podcast. And three, I'm a woman, hence the podcast name, and I'm surrounded by a lot of women. So a lot of my examples will be a woman. However, men, please know. I know we got supermen out there as well. And if you're feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders but feel like you can't express it because you have to maintain that strong and unshakable image, you're in the right place because this podcast is for you. And if you enjoy hearing encouraging tips and tools to go from overwhelmed to overjoyed, join the Encouragement Fam. Remember to click subscribe, like, rate, and review. Okay, so now that we got the logistics out of the way, let's get into this Juneteenth and Father's Day discussion. Mr. Fuller. Welcome back.
1: Thank you. Glad to be back.
0: Okay. So let's talk. Do you want to start with Juneteenth or you want to start with Father's Day?
1: Well, Juneteenth was first, so we can go with Juneteenth.
0: Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So, freedom, huh?
1: It's a nice thing,
0: <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Um, I just really wanted to have a discussion about it. I think it's something that we've been, not us personally, but we know for decades people have been trying to get it as a federal holiday, yeah. and now it's officially become a federal holiday this year. Yeah. So, there's a lot of pros to that. And there's a few cons, you know? Yeah. So, I just want to kind of dive into that and talk about what that meant for you if that meant anything to you and what do you think it means for our culture yeah our culture moving forward really
1: um i think it's a step in the right direction Uh, like you said people have been fighting for years and years to get juneteenth federally recognized um so in that regard i think it's positive that this thing that we've been fighting for has finally happened um you know it's not like any major legislation or anything like that but um to one of the biggest steps in you know dealing with a problem is recognizing the ills that were done to a people and i think juneteenth is a big part of that i mean that's basically what the holiday kind of celebrates the fact that folks were free from slavery were weren't told they were free from slavery um to the union soldiers finally came in and basically forcibly freedom you know so i think gotta
0: love texas
1: yeah i think america has has had and still has a long history of hiding its ugliest truths um and to recognize juneteenth as a federal holiday kind of shines light on one of those truths that you know slavery at the, after the sign of the Emancipation Proclamation, it wasn't just a, all right, now everybody's free type thing. It still took work and time. And it wasn't like you could just walk off the plantation just because, you know, the paper was signed.
0: One of the things that I talked about, and I don't remember if I talked about it with you or with one of my friends, but I would not have wanted to be a messenger during that time frame. To have to share the message of people being free to a group of people who don't want them to be free is a life-threatening job.
1: Yeah, hopefully you come with the army.
0: Yeah, because if not, you ain't coming back, you know? So I think that, like you said, it's a step in the right direction, but it's also interesting because... There's still so much that people do not know. I mean, honestly, I didn't learn about Juneteenth until I was in college. Mm -hmm. Sad to say that, but that's my truth, you know? So Mm -hmm. when I learned about it, I wasn't surprised. I knew that it took people different time, you know, um, how to say it? I knew that people just weren't automatically free soon as that thing was signed. I knew that. I knew that for some it took a lot longer than others because people were refusing to let go of enslaved people. Yeah. And but I didn't know the the specific story of Juneteenth in Texas and how that's celebrated. So I'm happy that I know it. I'm happy that we can pass it down to our kids. I'm happy that now it's a federal holiday, so hopefully there'll be more education surrounding it in schools. You know, fingers crossed. But if not, then I do know that our children will be learning it and that I do believe it provides an easier segue for it to be discussed in more public forums without dismissal.
1: Yeah, that's, I think, one of the major questions that I have moving forward with Juneteenth is how are we going to disseminate the history of the event? Because you've been seeing excuse me, you've been seeing, like, different businesses release their statements about the holiday, and some businesses did okay and kind of got close to the truth, and some released a very sanitized version, and you just, I, I just wonder how that'll be taught in schools, or if it'll even be taught in schools, because, I, I mean, you know how we grew up in our, the history we got, as far as African American history, it was Slim to none. It was slavery. Then Martin Luther it Martin King, 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 Rosa Parks, Rosa Parks yeah. Harriet Tubman. So I just wonder how they're gonna teach Juneteenth in schools if they teach it, because one thing that we have not been great about is updating history to the closer to the truth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that it will be taught because typically the things that you have federal holidays. On, you are taught in school, so we have Martin Luther King Day. We learned about Martin Luther King, Mm -hmm. um, Columbus Day. We learned a very altered, sanitized version of Columbus, but we still technically learn about the fact that he was a person that was, you know, around, yeah. So, I think that. For, th- for that purpose, that there is going to be some history taught on it, some information. Now, I'm not sure, like you said, how accurate that information is going to be. Obviously, when you're de- dealing with children of different ages, they have to be taught different ways. Yeah, so
1: differently. I just don't want my daughter to come home and be like, I learned about Juneteenth. And they said that the slaves were free, but the slave masters didn't know, so they just held on to them until the Union could safely take them on.
0: I mean, that's a possibility, but the thing about it is, we've already taught our child about Juneteenth. So, if anything, she'll be coming back telling us what she had to tell the teacher. That'll be fun. Because the because <laughs> because the book was wrong. <laughs> Because she her you, right? parents told her <laughs> that this is what happened. So I'm not too concerned about that. But I, for other kids, it is concerning yeah. because people hold on to those truths, you know, hard. or they, they hold on to that information as truth is what I should say. So, but that brings me to something I wasn't planning on talking about, critical race theory. What are your what are your thoughts on not critical race theory in particular what are your thoughts on how uh, angry people have been getting over the mention of critical race theory in schools
1: I mean again I think it's um is to be expected because people don't like you to mess with their history because the history that we've been taught is something that's been molded and shaped and created to to fit a narrative where it doesn't hurt the sensibilities of people who identify as white so it's not shocking that when you have a, a history or a course or you know a book or you know the sixteen nineteen uh, newspaper thing oh, yeah. that came out. Mm-hmm. People was calling that fake news. So anything that's gonna challenge the established history is gonna be not well received. So I'm not shocked. I would be way more shocked if it if it was getting received with open arms. Um, you know. So that's how I feel about it. Most of this stuff is not shocking.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's not shocking. I think it's saddening. And I'm trying to watch my words, but maybe I shouldn't. Just hypocritical to a certain extent. That's the word you was watching? Which is, no. What I was going to say was disgusting. (laughs) I was going to say Disgusting say this <laughs> it is upsetting <laughs> i just it just boggles my mind how people are so distant from the truth
1: i mean you're abs-
0: true. well mm.
1: it's their truth i don't think it's their truth. truth
0: i think it's
1: it's the truth they've chose to identify i think
0: it's what they've chose to identify with not that it's truth but that is what they've chosen to identify with because they don't want any recourse or what they think would be recourse but it's not because they don't believe it's the truth i
1: mean the issue with all this stuff is that at the end of the day if you have a core belief or a core thing that you hold to be a belief and there's something that comes along and knocks on that core belief you know knocks you off your feet then you got two choices you can continue to be you know ignorant to the new truth and just keep living the way you live in because you don't want to deal with you know the repercussions of your new your new knowledge or you can challenge yourself to say hey this stuff that i knew for so long was wrong how do how does this make me feel how does this change my beliefs how does this change the way i treat people how does this look as far as the way that i used to treat people was i in the right when i was calling people out their name because i believed this or you know whatever you did what have you i don't think people in most instances when you have things where people just continue to be wrong and just loud and wrong is because that they don't want to challenge they don't want to challenge those beliefs and they don't want to have to do the work that comes along with being challenged because you get shaken to the bottom and you gotta start from scratch
0: I absolutely agree with that I also think it's because they don't want to pay and they don't want to have the um, narrative that they've pulled themselves up by their bootstraps taken away from them Like, you didn't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You pulled yourself up by stepping on other people's backs. Like, that's completely different. And I think that the narrative of their story of the good old American completely changes once you recognize the truth of what this country was built on. And not just enslaved Africans, but Natives, you know, how they essentially wiped out indigenous people. Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's, a, it's definitely an ugly history. And I think that people who are so concerned about teaching this to their children are more concerned about... I think it's really more about ego and image than it is about really being concerned about your child is what questions are your child going to come with are your is your child actually going to be more open-minded now is your child going to challenge how you taught them how you raised them because it's not too much for a child if a child is young enough to be treated in a racist way a child is young enough to learn about racism yeah all people who have been treated in a racist way have to learn about racism at that age whether that's two whether that's six and i say two and six because it has happened at two and six so if a child has to be taught about racism who is receiving racist treatment then a child that's on the other end needs to learn about racism and was constituted as racist treatment in the history of this country that has nurtured this treatment
1: yeah that makes me think of two things one like as parents and as community members that are supposed to be you know a village that reaches out and helps children like we're supposed to want the next generation to be better than us but um oftentimes especially when it's stuff like this where it's a a, a stringent belief that's been passed on. Like, either the thing that is better isn't seen as better. So like, for example, what we're talking about now, like changing your ideals and, you know, recognizing that um, the Civil War was basically America fighting over slavery, you know, as opposed to the, the sacred unification of, of the states, you know. People don't want to challenge those beliefs, but then, you know, your children end up being, you know, not as prepared for it. I mean, or not, excuse me, not that they're not prepared, but the, the knowledge that they're receiving is subpar, which leads them to live a life that's not going to be the best life they could live. I mean, you could say the same thing about the church and how they treat, you mm-hmm. know, the LGBT,
0: T-Q-I-A.
1: yeah community. like. And you and I both were raised in that where the church always would say, you know, homosexuals are uh, homosexuality is an abomination and it's an affront against God. But then your choir director who's a homosexual or, you know, the person that plays the piano or whatever positions that they were leading in the church, you use those people for their gifts and you you but ignored the full humanity of that person because. You believe that it's a sin,
0: or judge them for it. Or they probably didn't it. ignore it. They probably judged them for it. When the Bible <clears> says <throat> that
1: God hates liars and thieves, and a
0: liar is Look, also an abomination. If we want to talk about the long list of abominations, okay. Touche. All of us, <laughs> all of us have done at least <laughs> one abomination <laughs> up in this piece, okay. So, uh yeah, I agree. I think. This is, like you said, it's not, this isn't just a race. I mean, talking about critical race theory and stuff like that, obviously it's centered around race. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the core of it, this really is about people being unwilling to challenge their beliefs and what they've been taught. Yeah. And unfortunately, if you want to have a successful country, you're going to have to challenge your beliefs and what you thought. is initially what helped this country to begin with. Because they were innovative thinkers, because they were challenging the status quo, because they were thinking about what's next. And now it seems to be resting in its laurels, thinking that, you know, it's reached a place where nobody can, can be on top or is squashing the creativity in the voices of the people who make this country because of their co- the color of their skin or because of their background or the fact that maybe <clears throat> they're an immigrant. They still have a voice. They're still a part of this country. If they still paying taxes, uh, excuse me, they still working. You know what I'm saying? Like, any anybody here should have a voice. And when you squash that and you remove those voices, then you take away your strength and you take away your power. And that's why we're struggling to hold on to the number one spot right now. These other countries are not playing around. You know? So... I think that, absolutely, is people not wanting to challenge their core beliefs. But we're absolutely antiquated in these beliefs, and they have to change. And we have to be real about the situation. Let's pull up the rug, and get that, full five hundred year dirt, from up under there.
1: Yeah, I mean the sad thing. Um, about it is well, one of the many sad things about it is if you're a middle class lower middle class poor white person, um, racism and the effects of racism were used to you know treat you poorly and affect you in a negative way also like the rich Dixiecrat used racism as a way to show or to tell, you know, poor white people, that they were better than the poor black people in the area to kind of give them a uh, air of superiority so they wouldn't get together with the black folks who they actually had more in common with and critically attack the, you know, the, the 1%. And you know ask for things or demand things that would make their lives better mm-hmm. those folks are in the same boats with the same issues you know excluding all the terrible things that come with racism but had poor white people and poor black people got together and fought the system like you're talking about a, a huge dynamic shift which is one of the reasons. I mean,
0: that's why they even started that to begin with because yeah. they were starting to get together and they were seeing, like, oh, shoot, we may actually have to do something different. So they changed their tactics and started being like, hey, you're part of our crowd. No, you can't sit with us because you're still poor, mm-hmm. but at least you're better than them. You can sit oh. on
1: the bus with us. You can sit. <laughs> I mean, and history repeats itself because then you look at fred hampton and the rainbow coalition and one of the reasons that he was such a major threat was because he didn't care what your background was he didn't care if you were latino he didn't care if you were a poor white he didn't care what you were as long as you were about you know affecting change in the system and for somebody to be able to galvanize groups like that and to bring them together for a common goal is scary because it challenges the the one the, the powers,
0: the major that powers
1: yeah yeah so it's unfortunate that folks whom we could have so much in common with have been blinded to the fact that we have so much in common with them simply because they've been taught that this air of superiority that they have makes them different when, you know, the only, the only difference that we have is that we're all individuals at the end of the day and we were all made, you know, to be our own unique selves. But nobody's better than anybody else.
0: Absolutely. Nobody's better than anybody else and we all bleed the same. Point blank period. Juneteenth. <laughs> Happy, Happy Juneteenth, Stubs. y'all. <laughs> Freedom.
1: One thing I will say. Ish. Yeah, right. One thing I will say is being out here. It's been nice the years that we've been out here that they've actually had a Juneteenth celebration. Even mm-hmm. before this was made a federal holiday. Um, And then be able to see the community come together and, and celebrate that. And it's it's always been a good time. It's never been any drama or nothing like that. People fighting, nothing like that. It's just people coming together and having a good time and celebrating, you know, history, American history.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I um, mean, that's how I learned about it out here, interning yeah. as a college student. So it was... Uh, a very good first experience and first impression that led me to want to learn more about it and continue to celebrate it.
1: Yeah, I, we didn't get to celebrate as big as we normally do, like going out and doing stuff. You know, it's still COVID season, but I'll be looking forward to in the coming years being able to celebrate it on a grander scale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the sweet side of that is the community commercialization that could come with it you know you that
0: put... has come with it it's already happened well you know
1: because it was <clears throat> federally recognized so quickly they were not able to make everything red black and green so you know I couldn't go get my pack of red black and green Skittles like I want to <laughs> but next
0: year yeah that's that's one of the cons for me personally is that it's going to be Commercialize is already happening and because of that big companies are still going to be able to drown out small black owned businesses and
1: profit in a major
0: way and there are a lot of companies that there's companies that we know are large businesses and then there's companies that pretend to be black owned Mm -hmm. or pretend to black support when they don't so they'll say oh 10% of these proceeds are going to the Boys and Girls Club of Philadelphia or whatever Mm -hmm. and while that's nice that's not necessarily a black owned company or even a black run company
1: they don't even it's not like they're forced to show you the receipts so all they have to do is say that they're doing the thing but they don't necessarily have to do the thing
0: yeah, so that is one of my concerns. Um, I think we need to continue to push supporting Black-owned businesses, not just for the special holidays, but all the time. That's and we need to stop with the whole discounts and hookups and just really support. Because yeah. if you're not asking Walmart for a hookup and a discount, and they can afford it, <laughs> you need to yeah. not ask a small business. So support Black-owned businesses, y'all, especially on Juneteenth and other major holidays. Could really use your support and continue to uh, fight the good fight of freedom. This is only a first step. I one of my concerns, what I think is another con, is I hope they don't think this is going to pacify us from actually wanting protection, actually wanting change, and, and how black people are treated here in America. So I think that has happened before. Mm. And I think we're probably the only community that gets that, that, you know, gets pacified with a day off. So I would like to see this just being a step in the right direction, seeing more protection and more repercussions for those who recklessly endanger Black lives.
1: Yeah, it'll be it'll be nice the day when uh, all groups of people of color can come together and support each other in our struggles because um american history has shown that uh any group can be targeted at any time 9-11 attacked the muslim community you know recklessly we've seen the uh, asian hate that's resurfaced as of late Then you know uh the LGBTQ.
0: lgbtqia <laughs>
1: yes but we've seen how they've been persecuted like um When the Irish came over, they were persecuted. Like, it would be... I mean, everybody, Italians... Yeah, everybody that comes over gets persecuted. Until
0: they're able to assimilate as white people.
1: Yeah. So, it would be nice for uh, groups of color to come together, people of color to come together and support each other in our struggles.
0: Um, I mean, honestly, I don't care what color you are. It would be nice to form an allyship to support one another. Agreed. It doesn't matter what color you are because if you white but you're down for true equality and equity, then by all means, you know what I'm saying? We need the support. We need the allyship. So it's time to stop letting these old antiquated fictitious fictitious rules of this country divide us like it's really time to stop I don't care that your great-grandpa or your grandpa is racist are you you know let's be real and if you're sitting at the table and grandpa just saying whatever talking out the mouth crazy and you don't say anything then maybe you are
1: yeah, what they say um, silence is
0: silence
1: is deadly is deadly.
0: silence is uh, what's the quote that's a Martin Luther King quote right probably uh, yeah a Martin Luther King quote I don't remember it right now but it's essentially saying like your silence is you um, the silence is the answer of who you really are essentially yeah, is agreement. what he was saying yeah. you're agreeing with the wrong side So, don't do that. Speak up, challenge. Doesn't mean he's going to change. And I don't think when we expect allies that we're expecting you to change everything. We know there's people that aren't going to change. The question is, what's your character? Yeah.
1: And I mean, it's not, obviously, if you know. You've talked to the person before, and you know they ain't going to change. There's no point in beating a dead horse, but...
0: I disagree, and I think maybe that's just our difference our difference of personalities. I think so. Because if I'm around you, and every time you're around me, you're saying something foolish, I'm going to check you on that. Oh, I'm Respectfully. not don't check so them. So you, whatever you say when you're not around me, whatever. But when you're in my presence you going to know. Let me not say none of her because I don't want to hear her mouth. Good. Good. I'm glad we have that understanding.
1: I'm not saying don't check them. I'm just saying there's no point in even engaging them in conversation if you know that it's going to lead to that point. Now, if y'all sitting at the dinner table and they just start spouting out, you know, go ahead and check them. But it ain't no point in going over to crazy uncle and having a conversation when you know he' going to say how much he hates your wife. Like...
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I want to do that, but I wouldn't be there's no point in this. around them. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Period. But, I mean, and there I are family us...
1: gatherings where you can't avoid yeah, it.
0: Yeah, there's family gatherings where you can't avoid it, but I'm not going to go around you at the family gathering.
1: Yeah, but those people have a way of finding you.
0: Not well, then you, you then you get in check. Then you get in check. You ain't going to come to me with your foolishness and expect not to get checked? Sorry. nope, that's not how this works. This is where we differ. Boop, boop. i'm
1: i'm agreeing with you i'm saying check them i'm just saying there's no point in actively searching those people out we're saying the same
0: thing mm. mm-hmm. okay okay so before we jump into father's Day do you have any closing remarks on Juneteenth
1: um i just hope that now that it's an official holiday that the celebrations um get bigger and the knowledge continues to be spread. I think if I, if it was anything I would just say you know, if you get a chance to or if you feel inclined to learn just study the history pick up a book, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. I think my closing thought on that would be I am happy that it is now a federal holiday. I think that is a step in the right direction. And I want to remind people that as we continue in the fight for freedom, that there are going to be people who are going to continue in their fight for comfort. And we have to expect that and keep fighting.
1: Yeah.
0: So Father's Day, huh? yeah (laughs) so you're dad I am don't sound so excited I'll try so did you enjoy your father's day
1: father's day is always fun Um, I think Luke's not really old enough to understand what's going on he just know that daddy's not around as much, so he just tries to get to me. But I think Layla enjoys all the holidays, and I think she enjoys being able to take care of us and give
0: us gifts and stuff,
1: so. Yeah, the holiday's are always good.
0: So explain to people what, what, how you enjoyed your Father's Day, because when you say stayed away, I just, I was away more like, People know who may not understand what that means.
1: Oh, so our house has two stories, so I just stayed upstairs. <laughs> <kids> stayed downstairs. <laughs> so and he didn't go he away. away.
0: He didn't get sent sent away on some would have been nice. Vacation or whatever. I mean you had a staycation literally.
1: Yeah, well, a few hours. Mm-hmm. A few sweet. That was hours. a good few hours, right?
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You welcome. it was longer than a few hours I was in the kitchen for five it was longer than a few hours yeah and I came down for a little bit you weren't down for no hour I was
1: down for an hour
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but anyway yeah Father's Day is always cool Um, yeah
0: well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So tell me, why do you think it's important to celebrate fathers?
1: Um, I mean, for the same reason I think it's important to celebrate mothers. I think that each parent or each parental figure brings something into the kid's life. And, you know, I think children have a link to their parents that, uh, and it's important for people for for their parents to nurture and love them and everybody doesn't get those relationships with their parents so for the for the mothers and fathers that do want to be in their kids lives and actively uh you know work in those roles i think it's important to uplift them because at the end of the day the greatest thing that any of us with children can do is raise good children because we're effectively raising the next generation so i mean it's cliche to say but the children really are our future like without the children (laughs) there's no future and she is doing serious r&b faces right now (laughs) but and i think that's why it's important to lift up people that step into those roles that may not be biological mothers or fathers because children that are missing those people in their lives to have somebody step in and and play those roles is important. It helps shape them and show them love that they may not have gotten. So I think it's important to uplift fathers because they play an important role, just like mothers do. Um, These kids, I mean, there's so much peril in the world. There's so many different directions children can get pulled into and we see what happens to children when they don't have people that care for them they go searching for people that care for them and often they find people who care to use them but don't care for them so i think in that sense it's very important to uplift people You have, like my grandma always says you gotta give people roses while they can smell them so you have to tell people that they're doing a good job you have to tell people that you appreciate them because we can't live in that old school mindset where folks know that I love them or they know that I appreciate them because of how I treat them or because I stay around or whatever people say you have to cuz I pay the bill. Yeah, you got to verbalize how you feel about people and you never know. Like life is life is chaotic. Anything can happen like the one night you don't tell your spouse I love you it might be the last night you ever see him. So Whenever you have an opportunity to tell somebody that you're appreciative of them and that you care about them and that, you know, something that they did in your life makes you feel good or makes you feel worthwhile, you have to do that because you never know. So when there are days that are designated for those things, then you got to, you know, celebrate those days. I mean, like men like to talk about Valentine's Day, for example, like, you know, I don't know why we need Valentine's Day i show my woman i love her every day i mean that's good that you show your woman that you love her every day but guess what valentine's day is one of those every days so it's a day that was set aside and we know that it's been commercialized and we know that you know hallmark sells a lot of cards and whatnot what have you but you have to when there are times to celebrate folks you celebrate them And it shouldn't be a burden to do so because you love and you care about them.
0: I agree. Ditto. (laughs) No, I think it's important that men are celebrated um, in the role of fathers. I think it's a role that often goes unthanked. It's, you know what, it's kind of weird though because it's a role that, yes when in comparison to the mothers seems like a thankless job but also when men are there and they are active they get put on a pedestal like they are the best thing since sliced bread because they showed up you know so it's kind of a weird i mean the uh, dynamic
1: the i think the strange dynamic comes into play because um especially black men are there's a false narrative that we're not in our children's lives yeah
0: i'm glad you said false because they're actually the most involved black men are actually the most involved men and fathers in children's lives so and that's been statistically proven so
1: i mean so i think that because of those stories and ideas like whenever you hear you usually you'll hear You know the quintessential my father went out for cigarettes and my father went out for milk and he never came back like you you usually don't hear those types of stories with women although it does happen where women get where being a parent for a woman can be get to be too much and they leave and don't come back but it's more so stereotypically a thing a father does Mm -hmm. so when you have fathers that stick around and not only stick around but they're not beating you up or cursing you out or they're not drunk or whatever all the time then uh, those men do get put on a pedestal oftentimes because the stereotype makes us think that they're anomalies
0: half the time though i'm gonna keep it real just as a mother it they don't even have to do all of that they can still be doing some of that and still get praised just for being around. Well, that's just
1: somebody that didn't have a great daddy praising somebody who's a slightly better daddy. <laughs>
0: than they yeah, potentially. But yeah, so, but I definitely think that men should be honored and celebrated for their roles as fathers, for those that bring honor to the role.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what anything. You don't so, give somebody a best employee award if they're a terrible employee. Yeah,
0: so I think you guys should definitely get your time and get your celebration and get your flowers while you can smell them. So I'm glad you enjoyed your day.
1: I think parents' days, like Mother's Day and Father's Day, should be like Mother's Week and Father's Week.
0: Look, who ain't going to disagree with you is me.
1: But, you know, what are we going to do for the kids for a whole week? Because then, that means when it's Mother's Day, I got to be with the
0: kids. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh.
1: So maybe as they get older and can take care of themselves, we'll transition into Mother's Week and Father's Week. We'll just leave. Pretty much.
0: That works for me.
1: Yeah. Leave them some money.
0: And it'll be good, because it's uh, back-to-back, May and June. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it worked for me. So let me ask you this. As a father who is very involved in your child's life, you are a great father. An amazing father. They don't know how blessed they are to have you, but they will one day. How do you practice self care? So June is Men's Health Month. How I knew do you? It was come to this. <laughs> <laughs> How do you practice self care? How do you take care of your health as a father?
1: I mean, honestly, I really don't. I gotta get better at it. I mean, the things, the little time. It's difficult because still working a job, you know. Um, when I'm not working a job, usually I go right into taking care of the kids, so or helping take care of the kids, you know? So, it's difficult to find time. I like to, you know, have some time to work out. I like to do yoga, even though I'm not flexible at all, and, and people you be beating better. me up. Yeah, you know, zero to a two. Um, I like to take time to read. I like to try to do breathing exercises. You know, I wanna look into maybe getting some online counseling. Um, so I think for, for me, there are things that I like to do that I don't practice as much. So um, if I could, I have to get a, I've always embedded time management. So I gotta get better at time management so I can make time for myself to actually care for myself. I think um, one the one thing that I'm probably best at is like trying to get a decent amount of sleep. Like I've always been the type to when it's time for me to go to bed, I'm just gonna go to bed.
0: Yes, that is accurate. So
1: I think that's probably my biggest thing.
0: Yeah, sleep is important.
1: Yeah it is so yeah I think those are things that I like to do for self care and things that I do but just not as frequently as they need to be done Understood.
0: understand what do you think the role of self care plays in men's example to their children um, because you really don't hear men talk about self care
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of a buzzword now, mental health and self-care, like everybody's talking about it now, whether that's uh, sincerely or insincerely, but I do think it's important to show your kids that taking time for you is necessary, you know, I mean, I pretty much watched my parents just work themselves, work, 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 like my dad was working late night jobs didn't see him most of the day, he come home late at night while we would sleep, and sleep most of the day, and then get up and go to work again, so I don't, outside of my dad, my dad took time to, like, play basketball, which was fun for him, and then, you know, other forms of workout, but other than that, I don't really ever see, I don't really rec- uh, recollect seeing him take time for himself, so, and I think that, kind of showed me that it's necessary to do because i feel like he worked himself and you know is still (coughs) working himself a little too hard you know and now he's got some health issues i don't think they're as serious as they could be he's still able to get up and move around and be active and stuff but i think all that plays a role in you know where he is today and um I don't know. I think you have to show kids just like you got to show kids, um, you know, how to do the simple things like tie their shoe and brush their teeth and, you know, how to wash your hands and stuff. You got to show them how to take care of themselves. So for me, in my opinion, self-care isn't any. Uh, teaching your kids about caring for themselves isn't any more different than teaching your kids how to brush their teeth or wash their face. Like, it's all for the mind, body, and spirit, you know? So I think it's important for us to be better at self-care and to be more um, pointed in doing self-care so our children will see that it's an important thing that they need to do. So they're in turn our next generation isn't stressed out and in, in bad health or in poor mental health, you know. And I think one thing that we have to do that maybe we haven't done is to be more specific in telling them that the, the things we the things we do are self care self care. Just so they have a have a phrase that goes to the action, you mm-hmm. know?
0: Yeah, I think that's important, and I think that kind of what you were talking about reminds me of maybe a part of us being the latchkey generation. Mm-hmm. You know, where a lot of our parents had to to just work all the time yeah. and didn't practice self care. They probably hadn't seen self care. Their version of self care is like I don't know, kids ordering in or something like that. You know. <clears throat> something small. I remember when I bought my mom a gift card for a massage and she let it expire. Mm. She kept saying she was going to do it. And you know them things like you got like a year or two years.
1: Disrespectful.
0: And got, let it expire. Oh yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do, do it. Didn't do it. Mm-mm-mm. I'm
1: going to plead the fifth on that.
0: No, I'm going to hear about it later.
1: (laughs) But it's true.
0: Because she did not practice self-care. And I think that is something that I recognize I don't do a good job of practicing, you know, for our kids as well. And I think we need to, to do better at that. And I think we need to do better at our consistency with that so that it looks like it's a part of our lifestyle, and it's not just yeah. a fad that happens every now and again. So. Yeah.
1: I mean, one thing I will say about our parents is, just like, we didn't see them practice as much self-care, at least, like, I can't remember my parents, like, going on a vacation or something, like, like taking us on vacation or, you know. But for the generation, that they watched when they were coming up there was probably little to no self-care like if any at all you know so they they come from a generation that didn't really care about themselves and then that generation they watched came from a generation that well i
0: don't want to say they didn't care about themselves i'm not they saying didn't. that they didn't
1: care but like they, they didn't, didn't have, have the opportunity or yeah. the time, yeah so we're talking about generations that are built on just surviving Mm -hmm. and we're just now starting to get to the place where like your whole existence doesn't have to be tied to just surviving you can actually live a little bit but we are generations deep in a a survival mentality so now we have to change those things and it's hard for you to change a change a way of life that you've had for a few years or for you know mm-hmm. so how do you change generations of stuff so i think again we have to be more intentional in self-care but we also have to recognize that um our parents and those before us didn't really have the same opportunity so we kind of also have to take it and understand how precious it is that we actually have the opportunity to care for ourselves more.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree.
1: Yeah.
0: Is
1: it? Yeah. I mean, it always reminds me of like leisure time and how um, poverty I'm not saying that everybody comes from poverty but this is a thought that I have quite often that Um, Like, for example, rappers who, when they first come out, they, you know, act one way, and then they get money, and they start to act a different way, or they start to do different things. That's because, in my opinion, poverty doesn't give you leisure time. It doesn't really give you a chance to examine yourself as much as you could or should. It doesn't really give you a chance to understand, like, the things that you need on a, a spiritual and physical level or a spiritual and mental level because poverty focuses you in the physical because you have to do A, B, and C to survive and this is a everyday process. Mm-hmm. So now that we are where we're at and we're doing a little bit better, you know, and we're not so tied to like I said before, just the The day in day survival of life. We got to take, just take advantage of leisure and being able to grow our spiritual and mental selves.
0: Remind me what leisure we have.
1: I just mean the time, like leisure time.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm asking you about. (laughs) Like, I understand that we may... You know, my mom always says each generation should be better than the last mm. and not better in terms of character yeah. or, you know, thinking they're better. better but just in a better position, absolutely, because essentially you're standing on the shoulders of what your parents created and they're standing on the shoulders of what their parents created and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. So, with that, I do understand that we're blessed to be in a position that we're in. However... I would argue to say that we really do not have leisure time because while we may not be struggling to Mm -hmm. make ends meet, we work a lot to ensure that. So there's not a lot of leisure time. I don't think we're at that place personally where there's leisure time.
1: I can see that, especially working 40-hour work weeks and then having to be parents and having to be um in our spousal relationship doesn't lend a lot of leisure time.
0: Because the thing is it's not just a forty hour work week, it's what is that forty hour work week taken from you.
1: No, you know,
0: mean. because if you're in a forty hour work week and you feel super passionate about it and it just like energizes you, right? But if you do a I forty hour work week and you feel like it's not your calling then typically you're exhausted by yeah, the end of the day. if it's
1: a physically demanding job.
0: Yeah, or if it's a physically demanding job. But even, I would venture to say if it's a physically demanding job, but you love what you do, then you still have more energy than somebody who doesn't have a physically demanding job who doesn't. Mm-hmm. So.
1: I guess, again, yeah, that the time that we have to designate to our jobs does take a lot out of our schedule and i think we do have to get again better at our time management but i think if we got better at our time management we could find times in the day or whether we were putting time aside in the morning to get up and stretch or putting time away a little bit of time at night to talk or to read together or something I think we could find more time to be better with self-care and then definitely take more advantage of the weekend. I think by the time the week is up, I know I'm so tired, I don't really do much on the weekends, but you're pretty much going the whole weekend. So, I don't know, man. Maybe we don't have leisure time. Maybe life is just one long rat race.
0: I don't think it has to be. I just think our current situation right now is.
1: But I would say, again, that you have to find time for those things.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I absolutely think that those things should be made a priority because it has proven statistically to be better for our health to... Help us from shaving years off of our life. So it's necessary. And I absolutely agree with you on that. It shouldn't be made optional, you know, it should be made mandatory. And I think it's something that we've made optional in our society. Oh, for sure. So that's impacted, you know, I think it goes down through the classes. You know, Mm -hmm. the lower the financial class, the absolute least amount of um, self care opportunities you typically have.
1: I mean, the crazy thing is, there's even, I mean, you even have people that are really, really, really well off, like, you know, got all the money they could ever need, but they're in a constant mind state to continue to acquire. And they end up missing out on time with their families and their kids and taking time for themselves. And like, you think that the parties that they go to or the time they spend at the speakeasy drinking or whatever is, they probably would assume that that's their self-care when in reality, that's just like a mask. Like, you still need time to, you know, get on your mental journey and your spiritual journey whatever that may be or however that looks for you
0: yeah but that's the difference between opportunity and choice right yeah. because they have the opportunity for it they're choosing a different path that's that whereas they don't think they
1: have the they don't think they have a choice that's the they don't. I would argue that they don't I would argue that, that that mentality of more and more and more makes you feel like you're Against the wall, even if you got everything,
0: maybe I ain't never been in that situation, so I can't tell you. Once I get there, I'll let you know. Don't know to, well, hopefully, you won't have to let me know. That's <laughs> <laughs> gonna leave me. I didn't say that, a laugh of luxury. I didn't say that, mm. but we can still have a conversation. I you could be, be in the same financial situation, the same financial place, and have different feelings about it.
1: Well, let me tell you one thing that I will be doing.
0: You know, leisuring it up? Yes. Oh, I absolutely know that. So, There's I'll no, tell you if, if anything, I would be the one still trying to work, 100%. and you would be the one sleeping.
1: I'm not just going to be sleeping. I'm going to be living.
0: And sleeping
1: sleep is an important part of life it absolutely
0: is yeah that's how we differ <laughs> one of many ways so I think that i don't even remember the question
1: somehow we was talking about father's Day
0: <laughs> wait, wait. we started talking about classism yeah
1: i feel like
0: yeah, we definitely, we definitely went off the beaten path a little bit on that, but um.
1: Yeah, I listen to this podcast. Black Men uh, can't jump in Hollywood, and they always say they're not a political podcast. But they and talk about politics. They say pol- political stuff. Like, <laughs> Forty minutes. I feel like we need to do that. We're not a political podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh well, so that's what happens when you have good conversation.
1: Father's Day. It's a wonderful day. Your children jump on you. <laughs> well,
0: young on your young children because you have younger children.
1: <laughs> and your wife works so hard to make you feel appreciated as she falls asleep on the couch and came move.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was tired. I mean, let's also Understand that it was ninety-one degrees yesterday, and I was cooking Mm -hmm. in the kitchen. It was hot.
1: You was done. Nobody wanted to
0: be in the kitchen with me because (laughs) it was hot.
1: And you ain't had a fan on or nothing. The
0: fan was on, sir.
1: Mm -hmm. I think I turned it on for
0: you. Well, it was on when I looked. So thank you.
1: Had to turn the fan on and open the window.
0: Opening the window was not to help. It was ninety one degrees outside. You gotta
1: get some airflow.
0: No. Well, Anyhow. it went.
1: <laughs> it left you on the couch. I was tired. Absolutely no energy. hmm Still trying to do more things.
0: I was tired. But you enjoyed the food.
1: hmm Everybody did.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what matters. Yep. My labor love, because I love you.
1: It was a true labor.
0: Yeah, it was.
1: But I appreciate it. Thanks, babe.
0: And I appreciate you. I know. You're an amazing father. Thank you. So, yeah, I think we uh concluded that topic.
1: We've exhausted all our options.
0: Well, I'm still trying to figure out how we got the classism. And la- Oh, you know why? Because we was talking about our parents. And uh, we were talking about lack of opportunity and surviving versus, versus thriving. And then we started talking about rich people.
1: Man, that's how it go.
0: Mm-hmm. I was really, I was like, wait, how did we get there? I was really trying to figure that out. So I'm glad it came. So, yeah, that's how we got there. Makes sense.
1: Okay, well, you know, I just want to, again, thank you for the Father's Day and um, encourage everybody to when Juneteenth comes around again, celebrate Juneteenth uh, to the best of your ability. As American history continues to evolve to a place of more truth, just continue to. Don't be afraid to challenge ideas that you've held or don't be afraid to allow yourself to be challenged. Um, Because in challenge comes triumph and you're never going to be able to be to find a greater place in life if you live in a place of comfort. So allow yourself to be uncomfortable, allow yourself to be challenged, and uh, it'll truly add to a better society, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. You better preach. What I would like to say about Father's Day or about fathers is that you are absolutely needed, that please don't underestimate the influence that you have, And not just in how you treat your children, but how you treat the mother of your children as well. Because that is a huge part of how you influence your children. They are looking and they are either going to emulate or they are going to try to avoid. And we want to make sure that what you're doing in front of them and when they're not around, in terms of how you treat their mother, is something that they will always want to emulate. So,
1: oh, if I could say one more thing, mm-hmm. it would be to mothers and fathers. If you feel like the role of parenting that you've had to take on is getting to be a little bit too much for you, don't. Be afraid to take a break. Don't be afraid to get yourself some time, whether that means calling a friend or family member to watch the kids for a little while or you know, just to come over and hang out with you while you with the kids. Or if you just need someone to talk to, whether that means getting a mental health counselor, or if that means, you know, joining a Facebook group like the Encouragement Collective.
0: Whoop, whoop.
1: You know, find. Find folks that you can be honest with. Find folks that, you know, will lift you up in the midst of your struggle. Because we talk about how fun it is to have kids and how wonderful children are, but it can get to be a burden sometimes.
0: It's work. Work, 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 work. Yeah,
1: so don't be afraid to reach out for help if you need it.
0: And also, what I was going to say (laughs) was was as men i think it's also important to be vulnerable in front of your children Mm -hmm. it doesn't make you weak and it will only help them respect you more even if they don't say it right away but it's very imperative that they see all of you and not just the strong tough father they need to see the vulnerable father. They need to see the sensitive father. They need to see the loving and adulting father. They need to see all of it. They need to know that it's okay to have all of that wrapped in, in one package because they have all of that wrapped up in one package. And when you show it and when you're confident with it, then that gives them the confidence that they're okay with who they are and they don't have to shut down or shut off certain parts of themselves.
1: Yeah. So
0: please be okay with you know stepping outside of your comfort zone and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and sensitive and honest and emotional in front of your children it's yeah. okay let them see that
1: yeah, whatever you normalize your kids are going to search for out in the world so if you normalize being able to be honest and truthful being able to express love then kids are gonna look for people in the world that can do that for them. But if you normalize being cold and detached, then children are gonna look for people in the world that treat them that way. So whereas you may feel like it's hard for you to share your emotions or be open with your kids, it's better to go through a little bit of toughness and for you to be better because you're able to speak honestly and for them to be better for being able to hear you speak honestly and know that it's okay then for you to hold it in and end up stressing yourself out and giving yourself ulcers and also having your kids think that being emotional and sharing how they truly feel with somebody is something that you shouldn't do so Mm -hmm. it's it's not easy all the time to be vulnerable but it's It's important. It's important in all your relationships.
0: Absolutely. And I think that includes not just verbally, but physically too. Like even something as simple as a hug. Mm -hmm. The favorite part of my day is when my son wakes up and he gets up and he looks for his sister so he can hug his sister. That's the first thing he wants to do in the morning. And I mean, that just brightens up my day. And it's because hugging... And showing love physically has been normalized in our home. We've hugged him. We've hugged his sister. We hug each other. We do family hugs. <laughs> There's a lot of hugging. A lot of, lot hugging. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> hugging in this family. <laughs> so I think it's important that hugging is normal to him. And being hugged by a man is normal to him, too. His father hugs him and shows him love, and he runs up to his father and jumps on him. Boy, does he. I think that it is just important to normalize that. So, that's what I have to say about fathers.
1: I think we did a good job.
0: I think so, too.
1: Cool. What's next?
0: Okay. Well, with that, we're going to move on to our final segments. So we have the encouragement quote, we have the beacon of encouragement, and then we have the encouragement challenge. And I'm going to start with the encouragement challenge. Do you have one that you want to share or should I just give one?
1: If I could give an encouragement challenge, I encourage people to take some time for themselves and do something for yourself that you enjoy or that you feel like you need. Whether that's taking a little nap reading a book and you a nice cup of tea you know doing things for yourself doesn't have to be huge it can be something small but try to consistently find a little bit of time for yourself in the day even though it may be hard in the beginning the more that we do it the easier it'll get for us
0: that was a good one
1: off the cuff
0: okay so next is a beacon of encouragement can you guess who it is? Jesus. It's you. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Not just for being an amazing father, which you are. You are really one of the best to ever do it. No cap. (laughs) But also for someone who stands up for freedom. And for freedom for all people. I appreciate you being an advocate for people when you didn't have to be and when people didn't expect you to be Thank you. for whatever reason. So I appreciate you for that. Thank you for being a beacon of light to people and a beacon of encouragement.
1: Thank you. I take this title and I place it on my mantle. You should make me a championship belt like a wrestler.
0: Okay, no. Encouragement, you're doing too much. Doing too much. I challenge anybody to
1: come take this belt,
0: it's for a week. Uh Oh, so (laughs) (laughs) on the best. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you for that idea. if you guys would like to nominate a beacon of encouragement of your own feel free to hit me up on my website www.antithesisofsuperwoman.com remember a beacon of encouragement is anyone who has inspired you and encouraged you in your life they do not have to be a celebrity they do not have to be someone famous they could be your next door neighbor they could be your friend they could be a cousin whoever so feel free Now to the encouragement quotes, and I have two. I have one for Juneteenth, and I have one for fathers, because I thought that would be fitting. Let's hear it. Okay. So the one for Juneteenth is, Today on Juneteenth, the day we celebrate the end of slavery, the day we memorialize those who offered us hope for the future, and the day when we renew our commitment to the struggle of freedom, by Angela Davis. Thoughts?
1: Angela Davis is a smart woman.
0: Oh, yeah. No one should doubt that. And for Father's Day, I believe that what we become depends on what our fathers teach us at odd moments when they aren't trying to teach us. We are formed by little scraps of wisdom by Umberto Eco.
1: Hmm. I like it, Umberto.
0: I think that's true. And I can say for what I've observed from you, For instance, like the times that you sent me to a hotel for the weekend to kind of get some time away. That is something that was mirrored from you watching your father do that with your mother. So it wasn't something that he necessarily told you like, hey, do this for your wife. But it's something that you saw when he didn't. He was just focused on trying to help his wife. He wasn't really paying attention to that. You would be doing this twenty years later. True.
1: <laughs> I learned from the best.
0: And with that, I want to thank all of you for joining me on this episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation, the tangents, <laughs> and uh... <laughs> We're a tangent couple. All of the above. We are a tangent couple. That is, this is a tangent right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just know that I'm grateful to have you here. I do not take it for granted. And I really want us to continue to grow in this journey of living our best lives without the Kate. You're welcome. Luke, thank you so much for being here. You uh, said you're welcome before <laughs> I had the chance to thank you. You see how people do? Do y'all see how people do? I thought do? you was talking to me before when you was saying all that stuff.
1: Anywho
0: what you was looking my way because you're in front of me (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh well thank you for being a part of the episode it has been fun that's it bills
1: in the mail
0: oh really (laughs) Mm -hmm. anyway y'all if you enjoyed hearing us talk about juneteenth and father's day Then join the encouragement fam. We are here with open arms. Like, subscribe, and follow on any platform where podcasts are found. And remember to rate and review. Can't wait to meet you back here next week for an all-new episode. You won't want to miss it. And remember, if you have encouragement topics that you want me to discuss, a beacon of encouragement you want to nominate, or questions that you want answered, feel free to hit me up on my website, www.antithesisofsuperwoman.com. If you have Instagram, follow me at antithesis underscore of underscore superwoman. And if you're on Facebook, then join my Facebook group, the Antithesis of Superwoman Encouragement Collective. It's a safe space to build community and find your encouragement village. Talk to you next week. And remember no cape, no cap. Bye. Bye.